I don't want to share someone else's thoughts. I want to create my own original thoughts. I want to create my own original solutions. I want to look at situations and come up with my own phrasing, my own words, and do it my way. This is the John Taffer Podcast. Shut it down. Well, hello, everybody. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. I'm John Taffer. This is the John Taffer Podcast. We got a lot to talk about today, Corey. Yeah, we do. And uh, I want to get some audience calls a little later, but uh, I got to start with, uh, you know, what's interesting this Thanksgiving. I'm sitting in my house with Nicole and thinking to myself, what do we actually have to be grateful? You know, I'm supposed to be Thanksgiving right now. And I realized how much, I hate to say it this way, I realized that there's tidbits of good that came out of the last eight months for me. In a time with family, time with dogs, dare I say, a, a time not on the road, not living in hotel rooms, not living in a bus. Uh, uh, so, you know, th- there are tidbits of good in this that I think we've all experienced. But, Corey, I'm going to be cocky for a minute here. You ready? I'm ready. About four months ago, I said on this very podcast that we would have a vaccine by the middle of December. Did I not? You did, yeah. Did I not say about four months ago on this podcast that we would have two vaccines by the middle of December? One would be kept at 70 below zero laboratory mm-hmm. levels, yeah. and the other would be kept at, at normal refrigeration levels. Mm-hmm. Pretty four- sure we, we have that on tape. Four months ago, I <laughs> yeah. said all that. And then four months ago, I talked about how it would be distributed a little bit. Talked about the logistics of distribution. And I got to tell you, in the eight months that we've been here doing this podcast from my house because of COVID, we made a lot of forecasts, Corey. And you've played some of those videos of the forecasts that we've done. But the fact of the matter is, all of these forecasts that we've worked on these past few months some of them were statistical, I must say, Corey. We looked at things and pulled numbers and such. Right. Yep. Some of them were gut calls, just on knowing my industry. But man, the third, third, third prediction we made absolutely came true. <laughs> yeah. That when when I remember when I went on a Laura Ingram show on Fox, who I'm not a fan of, by the way, and and I told her, you know, I believe that kitchens in the future are going to look a little bit more like uh, operating rooms and kitchens, and people are going to be wearing face masks and gloves. And ha-. she said, no, 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 that'll never happen. The industry <laughs> will never do that. Well, she was dead freaking wrong. Yeah. And, and we were dead freaking right. So now we start to realize that when I interviewed President Trump, I made a comment that things were winding down. Corey, remember people sort of beat us up on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, 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 cases are high, hospitals are full, morgues are full. This is probably the worst time of the pandemic that we've ever been through. But winding down is a term that relates to a clock, right? Mm -hmm. It winds down. We are winding down. There is no question within 100 days from now, by the last week in February, first week in March, 65 to 70% of America is going to be vaccinated. By the time we reach May and June... This pandemic will be officially over in the United States. And I think that the certain third then comes out that we talked about, right? The reserve third comes out. Oh, yeah, they're coming. They're coming. And sitting here in Las Vegas, I just envision Boomtown, and I envision an awful lot of excitement. So, you know, keeping with our predictions and our track record of, of pretty darn good accuracy in every prediction we've made, here's our next set of predictions. Within 90 days, almost everybody I'm talking to is going to be vaccinated. Within 90 days, we're going to see the official end of this. We're going to see businesses come back, and we're going to see excitement in the marketplace again. Sure, curbside delivery is not going away. I think curbside for supermarkets and all sorts of retailers is something that's going to stay and exist for a long, long time. I think that malls, shopping malls, are going to be disadvantaged 
for a long time, and I'm not sure that type of retail experience comes back so quickly. But I have complete confidence in the restaurant industry making a complete reemergence, tourism making complete reemergence, and most of the economic areas of our country making a great reemergence. And I was reading today that President-elect Biden put forth one hell of a stimulus plan. So I go back to the interview we had with President Trump a few weeks ago. Well, apparently the Biden administration is supporting the PPP plan, is supporting some debt in the PPP plan. And I'm not sure about the employee retention tax, but I know that the big difference between the Trump approach and the Biden approach to how they're looking at the hospitality industry the one single thing, Corey, that was in the Trump plan that wasn't in the Biden plan, and I'm being nonpartisan in this right. discussion, was the uh, 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 re-implementation of the meal deduction. Oh, okay. And I dare I say, again, being non-political, you know, the Democrats don't have the kind of taste for reducing and eliminating taxes that the Republicans tend to in a generalized type of a statement. So I don't think that that tax is going to be eliminated anymore uh, uh, with the change in the White House. However... I think that the PPP, the uh, uh, payroll protection plans, I think debt forgiveness plans, I think there'll be some opportunities to renegotiate landlord situations and get tax benefits in those as well. So we are winding down. And we can start to say this isn't months anymore. This is just weeks. And uh, 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 it's going to be out there. And I suggest that any of you who think that the vaccine is something that you shouldn't take, I would ask you to really look at the science hard. And look, one of my dear friends, Jenny McCarthy, who I adore, you know, is quite vocal about vaccines, and, and I respect her positions and such. But in this case, this is a matter of public safety uh, rather than choice. The science is solid, Corey. By January, we're going to have four vaccines on the marketplace with unbelievable testing on each one. And different vaccines have different characteristics. What's unique about these vaccines is they don't have human genetic elements in them. They have different types of genetic elements in them. And, and uh, they all react slightly differently. So talk to your doctor. He probably took the vaccine. I would ask him or her what vaccine they took. Right. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is, you know, if my doctor took it and my doctor gave it to his children, then son of a gun, I'm right. going to take it. I'm going to make sure that my family gets it. Yeah. So that's what we want to look for as a society. When we see Fauci and all these people running out to take this vaccine, remember, the first wave of the vaccine goes to what? The medical institution. Mm-hmm. Hospital frontline workers, doctors, uh, uh, laboratory technicians, et cetera. So... They're, they're, in essence, the public guinea pigs. They're the first wave of vaccines. So yeah. I think by the time we all get our own access to the vaccine, which is a few weeks later after, of course, the first-line responders in the medical industry does, by then, it's going to be out there for weeks, Corey. People are going to be talking about it. We're going to hear two things. We're going to hear that the reaction can be sort of rough for a day, right? That, yep, you can get a fever for a few hours, not much more than a few hours. Yep, your body could feel like heck, sort of that fluey kind of feeling where you ache head to toe. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yep, you could have a sore throat for a, a couple of hours, not a couple of days now. And you'll go through a cycle of about 24 hours where you could feel a little uncomfortable. What the medical community is concerned about is if you go and get the first shot, Corey, and you have sort of a bad few hours, you might not be so quick to come back for the second shot, but you got to have the second shot to build up your antibodies. So, you know, when I used to get flu shots, and I still do, I felt like shit for a day. Yeah. So uh, we've all had that. So think of what price you're going to pay with a few hours of illness for freedom. 
to have your freedom back. Yeah. Think about that, Corey. <laughs> that would be nice. All the <laughs> things that you didn't get to do over the yeah. past seven months, you now can go do. So I think we should all start putting together a list. <laughs> you know, what am I doing when I get that mm -hmm. shot, boy? Where am I going? What are the first things that I'm going to do? And I got a heck of a list of stuff that I want to do. So getting through this has been really difficult for many of us. You know, for me, there are a couple of TV shows that I really thank or that they were around. I just watched uh, uh, Undoing mm -hmm. uh, okay. on HBO. If anybody yeah. hasn't watched that, seven episodes, I think it was, a miniseries. Uh, uh, excellent. Really, really. Uh, I'm running. Uh, I'm running out of shows. <laughs> yeah, with Nicole. Uh, uh, yeah, with Nicole Kidman, great show, and and, and a few others yeah. that we've even gone back and rewatched and such. But I'm curious as to you know what have you guys uh, uh, done to get through this, and you know, how do you fill your hours every day, and what are the shows that you're watching, and the things that you're listening to, and boy, we've all been stuck with this dilemma of time. How do we fill the time? Knowing that when you wake up tomorrow, Corey, you got to do it all over again. Oh. And the time isn't getting filled. Now you're working. Of course, I'm working. So, so we're sort of excluded from this discussion a little bit. But a lot of people are not. Yeah. And they're faced with how do I keep myself busy every day, day after day, month after month, for eight to ten months to come out of the side of this. So we've talked with a lot of small business owners on this podcast and, and uh, who made it through the year, some who didn't, unfortunately. We've talked a lot with them about how they managed to keep going, you know, how they communicated with their customers, how they communicated with their employees, what they did to keep going. And we talked about the most challenging moments that they've all had. And right now, whammo, here we are again, Corey, closures everywhere, right? Businesses suffering. Uh, 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 here's a quick story from me. I bought a new vehicle, and it's a business vehicle that I'm going to use on set and such. And the vehicle came into the dealership here in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. beginning of last week before Thanksgiving. I'm all I'm really excited. I ordered this thing in July. Right, it's your new toy. I want to see the freaking thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been sitting in the dealership. The dealership is pretty much closed because of COVID. So they had a bunch of employees get COVID. They had to shut down the dealership. They had to bring a professional company in, company in to spray and sanitize it. Oh, man. And now uh, the employees are all on quarantine for 11 days, whatever the heck it is. So, oh. so... After this podcast, I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to drive over there and hope I can at least see it through the fence. <laughs> like, hey, there it is. <laughs> there it is. I'm somewhere in the distance over there. But COVID has affected everything. Opening Taffer's Tavern. Look, we opened three months late, Corey. We couldn't get furniture out of factories. We couldn't get deliveries. Factories would open to do millwork and such, and then they'd close. And we'd get calls. Guys, we can't meet that delivery date. You know, we had to close. We lost employees. We lost technicians, et cetera, et cetera. It's been a war. And, you know, hats off to my corporate team uh, uh, and to, the, to, to uh, uh, the team at Five Guys in Atlanta, which is the name of the company that, that owns the Taffer's Tavern franchise in that area, Hemet and his team, uh, on uh, fighting this battle so responsibly. Because I can tell you, Corey, our employees are not getting sick because of the policies that we have in place. Now, we've had a couple scattered, of course, mm -hmm. like every business has. But, you know, we've taken every step. And it's interesting. <clears throat> in a lot of cities, people are scared to come back to work yeah. because of COVID, right? Uh, even though they're not getting great unemployment benefits anymore, they're just scared to come back to work. But at Taffer's Tavern, we didn't find that to be the case. We found that because of the safe dining system we put in place and because of the policies and procedures, the employees feeling safe meant that we got employees in the first place. And it was a really powerful lesson for me. And then I heard about a company 
outside of, of uh, Palm Springs, California, big casino. I won't mention the name. Okay. And they bought these huge devices that are ultraviolet light devices like they use in airplanes that sterilize an entire room. And they bought these devices. They're not cheap. And they bring them into every guest room and they fire them for three or four minutes so it completely disinfects the guest room. Even in the shadows of the light, it gets infected. It's so wow. powerful. And there can't be a human in the room when the light runs as a sensor to make sure there isn't because you, you could get serious sunburn, obviously, <laughs> yeah. uh, skin burn from it. And uh, so they put it in there and they uh, do it after every guest checks out. This unit goes into the guest room and they give it a blast before the housekeeper goes in. And I said, that's interesting that you're doing it between the guests and the housekeeper rather than when the housekeeper is done. I said, no, our focus is strictly right now on employee safety. And I thought that was just incredible. And I didn't realize that I guess we're doing the same in our company by, by Taffern and thinking of this. But, you know, the companies that think of their employees first right now and creating that environment where the employees truly feel safe, they will then invite their friends to the business. They'll then talk about it. Mm -hmm. They'll invite other people to work there. So I think all of this starts with the employees feeling safe. Yeah. Once they feel safe, then the business feels safe. Once the business feels safe, then consumers come in. When consumers interact with the employees, the employees tout how safe they feel and what all the policies are and everything in place. And son of a gun, the cycle begins. And you know, I sort of think that that's where we're going. So I'm curious as to what you guys learned from this year. You know, I know what I've learned. I've learned three or four really, really powerful lessons this year. And a couple of them are personal. I'm not even going to tell you, Corey, because a couple of them are actually very personal. Okay. You know, of sort of what we've all learned about ourselves this year, yes, dealing yes. with crisis and trauma and loneliness and, and, and all sorts of things that were connected to the experience that we all went through together. So I want to talk to you guys this week. That's what this podcast is going to be about. How did you get through it? You know, what are the moments that were hardest and, and best for you? And let's talk about this now in a premise of winding down. And that's what's freaking excited about this conversation. Mm -hmm, okay. So I'm going to pose a question to you after our break. So considering that this is now ending, what did you get out of it? That's an interesting question, Corey. It is. Yeah. So if you'd like to be on a podcast, you know, you can always give us a call at 877-4-TAFFER. Pretty cool number. 877, the number four. TAFFER, which is 877-482-3337. You can also... Send an email to the podcast at podcast at johntaffer.com. Uh, the people that are going to be on this podcast called that line, right, Corey? They did, yeah. Left us a voicemail mm -hmm. or you spoke with them. We reached out to them. So if you want to be on a podcast, give a call. Don't forget, 877-4-TAFFER. And when I come back, we're going to hear what you guys got out of this now. Don't shut down this podcast. John Taffer will be right back. As the demand for telemedicine grows, so does the need for connectivity. 5G meets that need. Qualcomm remains focused on giving doctors and patients superior, security-rich 5G connectivity. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash inventionage. I'm back. So, what did you get out of this? And, you know, what are the life experiences that we learned from this as this sucker's winding down? So, Corey, I asked you to call around the country, reach out to, I'm sorry, monitor our calls in from around yes, the country yeah, and yeah. pick some people. And the first guy is Drew from Pennsylvania, Penn State guy, I think, actually. So let's get Drew on the phone. 
Hello? Drew. Yes. John Taffer here. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? I'm okay. I've been trying to pick together as much work as I can, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I, I saw your story, buddy, and I, and I wanted to give you a call and talk to you for a couple of minutes. You're on the podcast, so we're live right now. And uh, so I want to tell everybody what I learned about you fr from looking at the stuff you sent in. So you're a musician. You worked as a, as a tech entertainment tech and talent buyer at Penn State. Right. And then 10 I, days. I work at. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I work as a tech at Penn State. I'm a talent buyer for another venue in the area. Gotcha. Yeah. So 10 yeah. days after starting the state, Pennsylvania went into a lockdown and your life came to a halt. Nothing, right? No yeah. income, no anything. Nothing. How did? What did you do to get through it? It was it was a weird year, you know. I went in. Um, I've been with Penn State a while. I've been playing out for a while, and then I picked up this talent buyer job for another venue. And I thought this is great. It's going to be best year ever. And then it just slowly faded away. Um, what I ended up doing is I dug deep into my networks and. Um, I got in touch with a local music store who they needed a guy to help do some installs. And I kind of just called around and did kind of odd jobs that are similar in my field, but like not things I would do normally, you know, or for a full-time living, you know, little AV stalls for people at their houses, yeah. and different things like that. And it, it's been, you know, it was enough to scrape by and, you know, I sat down and, when the stimulus money came out, I paid off pretty much as much of my debt as I could to try to alleviate some monthly bills. And, you know, I just, it's been, it's been weird. It's, it's so, been weird not so going me, out and playing or anything. So let me ask you a question. And I asked this question to everybody who's listening in a sense. So you got your butt kicked, your business shuts down completely. You have nothing. You lick your wounds, right. get up on your feet. Say to yourself, this is what I know how to do. There's got to be a way I can find some work. You found some work. You scraped through. You even got engaged, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. So I ask you this question, and I ask all of us this question. How proud of you or of yourself right now for what you accomplished during this? You know, I'm a real humble person, but I'm really, I'm really proud of what I was able to still accomplish this year. Um, you know, when everything shut down, I had this engagement planned out for a while and I thought, well, now I'm never going to be able to afford a ring. And then I was able to find this work, get that and do this and that. And it's been a real humbling year and I'm really, it really shows, especially for anybody in an industry, your network is big and your relationships with other people are big because you never know when they're going to come back to be real important. You know, in my years, years ago, when I was younger, I got wiped out once. And I came home and I was wiped out at nothing. And I picked up the phone. And I did what you did, Drew. I called my network and my friends. And before I knew it, I, w I was rolling again. You know, what did you learn about yourself this year? Because, you know, there's a certain resilience that you have. You know, you got off your feet and went into it and dug yourself out somehow. Some other people got paralyzed. They weren't as fortunate as you were and maybe not as ambitious as you. Give me personal for a minute. What did you learn about yourself this year? I've, I've always had this struggle where there's sometimes I've worked or met people and I've been like, you know, we don't work, really work well together, but I don't want to burn that bridge. I think I've learned the most about myself this year is just how, 
I guess how well I can work and communicate with so many different people and the fact that there's so many things I never thought I would do this year and just seeing some of my skill sets just from even being a musician and knowing how things should look and how things should be done and how they especially should sound. It's really shown me that all the skill sets I have really lined up this year to help me, you know, make for a good year. And it's shown me, you know, I've, did stuff this year that I never even thought I knew how to do. So it's really shown me just how big a bag of tricks that I have and I can dig into. And how, amazing. and how resilient you are, buddy. But I got to tell you, you know, people that are listening should think that every, all of us have skill sets and knowledge sets. And some of our lives are going to change as this winds down, right? We're going to have to go into new careers. Certain things are not going to reopen. Some are. Uh, so people are going to go through some life changes. And I think, you know, the experience that you went through, Drew, you uh, sharing it with everyone else hopefully makes them look within and say, you know, what did I learn about myself this year that was positive? You know, and how do I use those strengths to dig out of this? And what skills do I have that I can reapply in other ways? And, you know, you're a great case study, buddy. And, and, and when are you getting married? Do you have a date? Uh, yeah, it's October 3rd next year. We, we talked about it and we just both agreed, especially from the entertainment industry. It's like, there's no point in trying this year. It's never going to happen. So oh, well, that's wait great. until next year. So, Well, when you set your but, first date, send us a note. I want to make sure I send you guys a video or something for your wedding, okay? I would appreciate that. We'd love that. Okay, Drew. Congratulations, buddy. You got through this thing. Now we're starting to come out the other side, buddy. So take care. Thank you. Yes, you too. Bye-bye. Wow. You know, you look at a guy like Drew, Corey, and, and man, his entire world changed. But he knew something. He knew electronics. He right. knew how to set up a guitar amplifier and how to set up lighting, sort of like you do. Right. Yeah, I could always you know? find something now, in that field. Yes, if you stop producing this podcast, you could go to work for a band tomorrow and figure out how to set up sound <laughs> equipment on the stage. Yeah. It'd be a little different for you, but you'd learn it faster than anyone. Mm -hmm. That's true. And, and you'd think that you could teach a rock and roll roadie how to do this pretty quickly because you guys at least understand equipment and hookups and connections and yeah. and, and you know uh, uh, and use parameters of equipment and those kinds of things. So, mm -hmm. you know, hats off to Drew. Uh, uh, and pulling it off. And I wonder how many of us have really gone through these things and what are these personal lessons that we've learned? You know, I'm fascinated by this whole premise. So next I want to talk to Kurt in Detroit. Hello, this is Kurt. Kurt, John Taffer here. Hey, John. How you doing, buddy? Great to hear from you. Same here. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. So, so thanks for reaching out to the podcast. I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes. We're on the air right now. And I know you own an obstacle course, Jim. And, you know, it's interesting Correct. in your business in the pandemic because it doesn't translate to a digital world. So so you got your butt kicked. And, you know, I was really interested to talk to you, Kurt. You're in Detroit, which, by the way, is one of my favorite cities in America. I love Detroit. I used to have an apartment, and I used to spend a lot of time in Detroit years ago. But, but you know, you figured out how to get through this and how to navigate through this in a different kind of way. And I really wanted to hear your story, Kurt. So you have an obstacle course, Jim. You were doing well before the pandemic? So we had opened in December of 2019, but we were, we were going in the right direction. So we were, we, we'd been profitable from month one. And then in the third month in March, that's when everything shut down. We were forced, doors closed until September. But when we opened in September, now we had people flooding back in. And we just had to make sure everybody stayed safe. Everybody was where, where, where they could be, where we could keep people barricaded and blocked off. We work with a lot of kids, so it's 
really important to keep them extremely organized because yep. they don't understand the same things that adults do. And then uh, just a couple weeks ago, there was a new order that was put in place where they where they canceled group classes through the Michigan Health Department. And with that, we were back to square one. I mean, all of our competitors, they were closing their doors back down yep. and you know, gym, uh, gymnastics classes, all of that. So what we did, I looked at how CrossFit does their does their system and, and how they have people working from circuit to circuit and thought, Hey, why can't we do that with kids? We keep them separated out only one child per obstacle at a time. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, it's going to be a bit of chaos, but we can figure this out. And so since then we've been pulling in a lot of new customers that parents with kids that their kids just don't have other options. Parents that are looking for something that's a bit more organized than just going to the gym and trying to figure out things on their own. Yeah, and a place and, to take uh, the kids uh, now during this pandemic as well. Right, right. So, I, I mean, at this point, I'm looking at this and saying, hey, when you, when things come back, when things open up, when this vaccine's there, when people feel more comfortable to come back in, we're going to be in a much, much stronger position than we even were before. I mean, anytime there's chaos, chaos brings opportunity. And I think we've been able to get very, very focused on that reoccurring revenue that we can create Mm -hmm. instead of thinking so much about so many other things. This has forced us to hit one thing really, really hard. And when those other pieces come back, it's going to be gangbusters. So it's interesting. What business were you in before you opened the gym, Kurt? So my, I, and I still work in that other business too. So I'm new business development for an event producer, which mm. is another area that's been hit very, Story, very hard. So it's interesting. And we so, went from, so, oh, so, go ahead. so you're in the events business and you chose to open your own small business. So you open the obstacle course, Jim, I'm guessing you put your own, some of your own money into it, right? So, so you sort of put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Life savings right there. Yeah. So you open this gym. 60 days later, not even 60 days later, whammo, you get hit. And now you've, we're coming out the other side of this. You know that, Kurt. You know, we're, we're eight, 10 weeks away from all being vac- vaccinated at this point, And it looks like there is light at the end of the tunnel for us. <clears throat> I want to ask you an interesting question. You've learned a lot about yourself as a businessman during this experience. Have you learned anything about yourself as a man or as an individual during this process? Is there any profound personal lesson or anything you've learned about yourself during this? You know, one thing, and I was just telling somebody else this today, is I've learned that I'm too stubborn to quit, and the only way I feel that you fail is if you quit. So I know I'm going to push through this. I have full confidence in that. I have full confidence in the people around me, and um, and just just knowing that if you're doing the right thing, you're pushing in the right direction, you're getting the right information, answers are going to be there. There's There's always an answer. There's always a solution. And there's a lot of support uh, around us, if we ask. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's interesting uh, uh, that you say that, Kurt. Uh, uh, You know, my book, Don't BS Yourself, Stop the Excuses, is all about excuses and such. And excuses are the reason why people quit, right? I got an excuse so I can quit. I'm out of money, I'll quit. I'm out of time, I'll quit. The market isn't right, I'll quit. The landlord isn't nice, I'll quit. An excuse drives the quitting. A, A dear friend of mine, Jake Steinfeld, uh, is Body by Jake. I'm sure uh, being in a business, uh, uh, you must know that name. Every text, Definitely. anytime I ever speak to Jake, he always ends every message, always, every time, for years and years and years with, don't quit. And rather than saying best regards or nice to hear from you, Jake always signs, don't quit. 
You know, it's powerful what you accomplish when quitting isn't an option, right? And, and when you don't right. allow those excuses to enter your mind and, and uh, uh, give you the reason to quit, which is BS in the end because you're coming up with some BS excuse to justify quitting. So, boy, you and I speak the same language, Kurt. Hats off, buddy. Congratulations on starting your business. Congratulations on coming up with a business model that's getting you through this. And, and you know what? With your kind of attitude and the kind of people you attract around you, uh, I'm guessing you're going to kick some butt come spring, summer. So keep in touch. Let us know oh. how you're doing, okay, after the pandemic. Will do. Thanks, Kurt. Take care, buddy. Thanks, Jen. Bye. Bye. Wow. So think about Kurt, Corey. Guy works his whole life, puts his life savings into this gym, opens it in December. 60 days later, the yeah. state says, uh, <clears throat> close down. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. And, and now he's struggling. But, you know, it's interesting. And you can see the passion uh, uh, in, in, in Kurt in, in that he, he, he was about the children and their safety and an experience. And, you know, he put his revenues first. He put customer safety and customer views surf first, which is very much what we've been talking about on this podcast. Absolutely, yeah. Right, is creating those reactions and, and the feeling of safety amongst people. And, you know, he learned about himself. And it's interesting when I talk to these guys, there's a prevailing fact in them. Everybody reached out to their network, to their friends. And this is not the time to be shy, Corey. If, if you were starving and didn't have a job, you better be calling your friends. Absolutely. You know, your dad's friends, anybody that you can think of that should help you. And there's no lack of pride in that, especially today. Yeah. So, so let's think about our networks and who we can reach out to to help jumpstart us if that's what we needed. Well, that was great. And I, I, I wish Kurt the best. And I look forward to hearing how he's doing in a couple months. You know. Everybody has talked about the restaurant industry is getting killed, Corey, right? And I've been as vocal as anybody about that. Mm -hmm. And tourism is being destroyed. And we've talked about markets like Las Vegas and Miami and, and all of those things. But, you know, few people have talked about the impact on the entertainment business. Broadway is closed. I mean, they're looking at opening in maybe in May. 60% mm -hmm. of the people that go to shows in Broadway are tourists into New York. Yeah. Which we talked to Chris and Chenoweth. And, we, and Chris and Chenoweth was on this very podcast, and we were talking about the fact that this is a devastating impact on, on the production teams, the musicians, the orchestras, and it's done. It's closed. It's yeah. dark. We're not talking about that like we are other industries. You know, my industry, the television industry, not, I'm blessed. I make a good, a good living. I'm not complaining. But there are all my crews, all the people that work on my shows, all of the people that you see on camera that don't get paid a lot of money. And done, dark, over, go home. Eight months, they haven't been in production. And then think about the live musicians that have lost their work, whether they're working in a casino, working in an Indian reservation, whether they're working at, at a festival, at a corporate event, all of that dark over. And when you think of the size of the entertainment industry, and I question this, Corey, and I haven't seen these decisions, but I know that there's about a million restaurants in the country. I know that the restaurant industry employs about 15 million people. I wonder how many people the entertainment industry employs. I've never looked that up. And I'm going to look that up. And if I can get everybody the information, I'll bring it back next week. But when you think about the tech crews, the set builders, the truck drivers that move everything around, the entertainers, the post-production people, right? When you think about all of those people, you know, that's a heck of a big industry too. What, what about the people who make the equipment? 
Oh, and inadequate. Yes. How about the guys that make bulbs? We're not even lighting up the bulbs. We're not burning out bulbs anymore. Yeah. So all of that has come to a complete stop. And we haven't talked about that enough and the impact on entertainment from films to television to music to bands to all aspects of entertainment and related technologies. That's why I was so interested to talk to this next caller, Jason in Virginia. Jason has a professional band, and for 15 years, this is his business. This is how he makes a living. And, of course, he's been devastated. So when I come back, I want to talk to Jason, and I really want to get a great entertainment industry perspective. Don't shut down this podcast. John Taffer will be right back. So, I'm back. Well, I am fascinated by the impact that this has had on all of our industries that we all are involved in, and the entertainment industry is a biggie. So, Jason in Virginia sent me a note. Cover band professional. This is how he makes his living for 15 years, doing about 100, 150 gigs a year. It's a hell of a business. He's got revenues. He's got costs. He's, right. he's running an entertainment business. Mm -hmm. Well, he's been devastated. So, let's get Jason on the phone. Hello? Jason, John Taffer here. Hey, John, how are you? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? Good, good. Sort of hanging in there. So thanks for reaching out to the podcast. You know, when I saw your note, I wanted to talk to you for a couple of minutes. We're on the air, if that's okay, Jason. But Yeah, for sure. But you know, I wanted to hear your story, buddy. So you have a professional cover band for 15 years. So you're a professional musician. You've made your living yeah. with your cover band. Yes, sir. That's what I've done for, for 15 years, playing bars, festivals, uh, weddings. Wow. Um, anywhere, any, any, any kind of event that needs music. Yep. Um, and you know, this pandemic is crazy. I I'm 37 years old, so I've probably done 150 to 200 gigs a year for the past, most of that 15 years. Um, and this year I, my last gig was March 14th. I think we did one wedding, uh, briefly during, um, we've been contracted for a wedding. So we did one wedding when they opened up, um, thanks here in Virginia. Uh, we did, we, we played that out, but other than that, since March 14th, I haven't played a note of music. Zip. I'm glad I had some savings because I'd, I'd have been <laughs> yeah. up the Creek, you know? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And, and I have friends that have catering facilities and, and a lot of buddies that are musicians like you and you know, my business too. It's interesting. You mentioned March 12th TV shut down for me, March 13th. And that was it. Whammo went home and oh, wow. I almost haven't left my house since with, with few exceptions, but, but, uh, you know, so, so in the entertainment industry, you know, television production, even recorded industries all shut down because of COVID, we couldn't walk in studios, right? Engineers and, and, and talent couldn't be in the same room together. So everything stopped. And it's interesting. And I wanted to talk to you about this because, Jason, everybody's talking about the restaurant industry hurting and tourism hurting. Nobody has really mentioned the impact that this has had on the entertainment industry specifically when it becomes Broadway. Well, it Bands like yours that do conventions and all sorts of business festivals and events, you know, acts that do large arenas, all of the tech crews, the road crews, the booking crews, the PR crews, the marketing teams, everything that goes with those acts and that music around the country. The purchasing, when was the last time you bought a string or a pick or any supplies for music? Yeah, so, I mean, Absolutely. the impact is huge and nobody has really nationally talked about the impact that this has had on the entertainment industry. That's why I wanted to talk to you, buddy. And, 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 you know, 
have your story be known to people because you can't solve this digitally like some other businesses can. You can't Amazon <laughs> the right, your right. You product to them. You can't you can't do a takeout, you know, it's it's uh yeah. you know, and I feel I feel for my restaurant owner friends and my bar owner friends, but you know, like with my band with Request Station, we just we don't have there's almost no way to do this. We've done some Facebook live streams. We've tried to do a couple things here and there, but there's just no way to replicate what, you know, the, the income and the work that you have uh, when we're not in a lockdown. Yeah. And to touch on your point too, I, I have a number of friends in, in industries, both production in this and booking agents. I have friends that are, that, you know, are talent on, on television shows. I have friends that are in uh, like pro wrestlers. I know that don't have income, you know, yeah. it's just stuff that you'd never think about. And it's stuff because the general public doesn't always see these as quote unquote real jobs. And I think that, that, that leads to people not really considering it. They don't think about it. I mean, I know, you know, when people find out the details and workings of what I do for a living, you know, the, the first thing they go is, Oh yeah, right. And then they, they see the amount of work and the money I bring and they go, Oh, that's an actual job. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's, yeah, and you have costs and revenues I mean, and expenses. Right, and it's right, a business. Like any other business. <laughs> of course. Of course. And, and, and you so, have a product it's, that, it's, it's, and a product better right. be good or you got no business. <laughs> Absolutely. And and the thing is, I mean, even even bartenders go through that sometimes. That same thing of, oh, get a real job. Well, I have a real job. I'm a bartender, you know? Yeah. And um, not me, I'm saying, but like if you're in that position and it's um it's it's interesting. It's very interesting that, that there's no really real discussion of this on a national scale. There's yeah. no uh no thought put into it. Um, I will say the the governor here in Virginia did do a, um, I don't know if it's a nationwide thing or just here, but they did a thing where you, um, they make gig workers eligible for unemployment for uh, a certain amount of time. So that did help some um, that expired, but it, you know, that, that was a help. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but generally speaking, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, now, it's definitely a forgotten sector of this. <laughs> now what's happening in, in, in the, these events, businesses and stuff is many people have canceled events already for 21. Cause I'm talking to you, Jason from Las Vegas. So many yeah. of the conventions so, and yeah, events that, felt it. that were planned for 21 have already been canceled. So, so what's going to happen is, and, and this is what people need to understand about an entertainer like you, it's going to take you months to rebuild your calendar again, right? Oh, absolutely. You, what is it? This is, this is December. By, by this time last year, I probably had, you know, 75 to 100 dates on the books, and I have zero right now. I, I'm, I can't book anything in 21 because, you know, I don't, I don't want to book stuff and then have to pull it or book stuff and not be able to play it depending on the rules and what's yep. going on. Yep. So, you know, they said a vaccine maybe in the summertime. So that means we're not looking at booking anything till at minimum when that back vaccine comes out booking for six months out. See, people don't understand, you know, when you do this, I and mean, I know that, you know, but whoever's listening, you don't book things like for tomorrow, you That's book right. things for six, eight, 10 months out. I mean, when you plan a wedding, you don't, you know, you don't book your, your entertainment, <laughs> you know, a week before, before, right? So. No, I'm with you. So, so people should understand it's going to take an, a, a, a company like yours, I'll call you a company, an entertainment company like yours, months and months to For months sure. just to get the calendar back to the level where it used to be. And then the, 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 the gigs that you're booking aren't going to be for next week. They're going to be for months out. But you know what I'm finding? Right. It's and, interesting and in a catering business, Jason, is a lot of people who canceled weddings and events in the catering business now are rushing to the table to try to get their events in 21. And what they're finding is the calendars were half full from events that were already scheduled for 21. Now they're trying to put the events right. from 20 into the calendars from 21 and they can't fit it all. So a lot of the people hmm. whose events were canceled in 20 are not going to be able to pull them off in 21 either. 
uh, because of availability of venues and such. So, you know, it's... And and to think of the bars, I mean, which which bars and which restaurants, you've touched on this before in your podcast, but which bars and restaurants are going to be around to book? I mean, that's... That's the other thing is, you know, we're not just talking about the weddings and events, but which restaurants can survive this, you know, the pandemic uh, out of the places in town, you know? And bars and and, and music venues, uh, some of the type that you play in are ones that are going to get hit very, very hard. I hear you, buddy. Absolutely. So, so let me give you an opportunity to plug yourself. Where is your band website? Where can people find out about you? Hey, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, our band is called Request Station. It's uh, www.requeststation.com. It's kind of a unique concept in live music. We uh, we do this thing where whoever the audience is there, they, they choose from a list of like 300 songs, stuff cycles in and out, and wow. uh, they text in what they want to hear. It's uh, And then we, it shows up on the tablet, up on stage, and we play it. So it's, it's a unique concept in live music. It's something a little bit different. It's You know, people like to be in their phones anyway, so it's a chance to engage and be a part of it and um, you know, it, it's definitely not your typical cover band thing. It's a little bit more um, interactive. Interactive, almost. yeah. But you know, that's and, awesome, uh, and people know. get to hear the songs they want to hear and their favorite songs and great memories. And you know, that's awesome, buddy. Absolutely. So anybody who's in your area, in the Virginia area, if you need a great act, give give Jason a call. Go check his website. And buddy, hang in there. Here's what I know: I know a hundred days from now, things are going to be very different for us. You will be getting phone calls. I we will start to that. build calendars. <laughs> we will get a vaccine, and and I wish you the best, buddy. Hey, thanks so much, John. I appreciate it. You take care. Wow, Corey. I am so glad this is ending. You know, we've all learned something about ourselves these past few months. I have. Yeah, so have I. You know, I bet if you said to yourself, what is the most important things to you in your life, Corey? I bet you'd have sort of different answers today than you would have eight months ago. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. So have your priorities in life changed because of this? Have you become a little, I mean, have you thought about, is it, are you different? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, realizing that spending time with friends and family, how you know, sacred and we, we take it for granted. Sacred. That's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, your priorities are different coming out of this than it was going into this. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Are you more thankful for what you have coming out of this than you went into it? I am. I am. Yeah. Um, and you got to keep your job and, and work and, and... Right, yeah, uh, as far as that stuff, oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've actually had a decent year doing some fun things together, mm-hmm. you know, from the yeah. president on. And, and uh, yeah. so, so one thing that was common about everybody I spoke to, did you sense a little positiveness? I did, yeah. Did you sense a little enthusiasm in people's voices? I didn't hear that months ago. No, no, no. So people are realizing that this is ending. People are starting to see that there's opportunity on the other side of this. People are starting to say, wow, okay, I have something to feel good about, something to look forward to again, and we freaking do. That's the message I learned from this podcast, is that if we don't quit, if we use our network, if we leverage our skills, we get through times like this, and we learn an awful lot about ourselves on the way. Well, I say about nine, 10 weeks, we're all out of the son of a gun. So another week down, Corey? Another week. Listen, folks, it's ugly out there. Uh, The numbers, the opportunity, the chance for you to be infected is greater, I believe, than it's been in the entire pandemic. Hospitals are starting to get full. Even morgues are starting to get full. I don't want to be morgued. This is not the time for you to get sick. This is not the time for you to get sick and need a hospital bed that might not be available. We're close to the other side of this. The one thing we know is if we keep a distance from each other, we don't cross-contaminate each other. We're so close to the end of this. Don't fuck it up for yourself now. (laughs) 
Let's stay safe these next few weeks. And before you know it, we'll be out the other side of this thing. Talk to everybody next week. Stay safe. Have a great week. Subscribe to the John Tapper Podcast right now for more episodes every Thursday.